And it's Michael and the Gabriels. Today, I'm going to say one word and see what Thomas has to say about that. Sometimes, Michael, we play that word game. Are you in on it? Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah? Oh, you guys should be okay. careful. Careful with those words. Well, okay. you never know with Douglas. It's an well, adventure every time well, I talk to him. we're still going to talk about the subject of China, but let's get him started. Alibaba. <laughs> Alibaba and the 40 Thieves. Uh, we used to think that the 40 Thieves were all just the communist oligarchs on the communist committee. Now we know that half of them are Americans. Yeah. <laughs> and that would be Hillary and John Breyer and Eric Schmidt and Dude Zuckerberg. James Breyer. John P. Breyer. John P. and James. And so Alibaba, why did they take in China where they are so strictly Chinese that nobody would, they don't allow anyone to do anything but think Chinese when they're in the country. Why would they take something from the Persian stories of the I don't Thousand know. and One You're Nights? You're the man of legends. You tell us. I, well, you know, being a, a Waldorf teacher and having told all these tales, I can tell you that they chose a, well, it's, it's the old, if you want to know the real history of it, I could tell you even where they got it from. Well, we don't need to go as far back as John Barnwell would take us. <laughs> you know the old saying, back opens... Back to the Hammurabi Code. Exactly. Yes. Well, this is back further than that. You know the old saying, open sesame? Mm-hmm. It's not open sesame. It's open semile. And open semile is the same story as Alibaba and the 40 Thieves. He's just a poor guy. He comes upon a cave that's filled with riches. And then he starts taking it out, and then the whole adventure, and then he has to deal with the thieves. Okay, well, that's what poor Jack Ma Yun is. And Jack Ma is going to become Jack Mauled in the end, because he's nothing but a front man. And when the company goes sideways, or up or down, or whatever, and it isn't so good for the Central Committee, as you've pointed out, and are going to point out today, Alibaba has the strangest agreement, where they tell you that they're going to be thieves, they're going to steal from you, and you've never in your life ever seen anyone write it down and tell you that up front from the beginning and that the entire system is going to be crooked. Well, that is the story of Alibaba and the 40 Thieves and how he resolves it. So what happened was they got the front guy, and most of the cases it's kind of like a dude Zuckerberg who can't write code, but he's the front guy, and then everybody thinks, so oh, isn't it cute? I can be a young man, and on a weekend, I can change the entire world by writing social networking code, which I probably can't write at all. I doubt Jack Ma knows anything. I bet he is simply an idiot like an Elon Musk or so many of these front people. But anyway, Alibaba and the 40 Thieves, that is because of the oligarchic takeover of the absolute totalitarian takeover of the communist government through the communist uh, uh, central committee and through President Xi Jinping, who has in the news already been reported that they are stealing money from these big tech deals and giving it to the central committee. That's the 40 thieves. But some of those thieves are American. And Alibaba is taking over the world, even Walgreen folks. Why would Alibaba want Walgreens? Because then they'd know what meds you need. Because you're controlled by your meds in America. Number one industry practically in America is meds and doctors and the illness that they perpetrate to then get you into the hospitals so that medical expenses go up. That's what it's all about. So anywhere you're going to see Alibaba, you're going to see digital control, not only of China, but China trying to reach back into America through Hillary and those dadgum crypto keys she's got with her Axiom and Intrust company that has now moved to Shanghai. And by the way, all these deals, every time you mention a deal, every one of them is running out of Shanghai. 
Don't they know when you go to Shanghai, you get Shanghai? Can you tell us about the Shanghai Alibaba deal, Michael? One thing we've learned is that most of these big deals are hiding in plain sight. So if you know where to look, you can see in their own words descriptions of what they're doing because they've gotten so many uh, international attorneys and accounting firms and audit firms involved that these people have to go through the motions of full disclosure. So we had our people pull out the most recent annual report filed by Alibaba at the Securities and Exchange Commission. And it's a massive document. It's about 440 pages long. And um, uh, I hogtied some of our researchers and said, you're going to have to read this whole thing. That's why they like working for us, because we <laughs> have cheesecake. <laughs> yes. uh, we don't feed them until, <laughs> until they've done this. Did you feed them uh, at all when they're down in the mines or only when they come well, up enough, after a day's work? Well, let me just tell you, when they come up, the canaries are dead. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's, whoa, so, lost so a few researchers, pretty, have you? It's pretty rough. <laughs> hmm. uh, but then we feed them when they come back out. That's good. Okay, so uh, they came out uh, uh, with this information, and uh, it, it's hard to s summarize this, but... Uh, from a general view, I challenge every accountant and attorney and anyone who knows about securities and securities law in our country, I challenge you to read that annual report and not be appalled at what our regulators in the U.S. are allowing to happen with this company called Alibaba. Because, let me give you an example. We just did a search on the actual report and the word regulate, regulatory or regulate or regulation occurs about 460 times in this document. And what it describes is, and, and these, these are things that if, an, if a, a big six accounting firm, big four accounting firm is doing their job, they're describing for you all of the risks that you take uh, in investing in a company like this. And so that's a requirement of our securities laws. And so these reports are filed that way. I'm sure they're not filed that way in China, but here they are. And so even in these documents, which are quite watered down, uh, it's, it's just appalling at the descriptions. These auditing firms have created a whole lingo uh, of doublespeak. So they say one thing, but they really mean the opposite. And, and, and so, for example, if, if you want to say that your investment's at risk because uh, the, the government uh, of China may change the regulations on Internet e-commerce, for example, you'll say it in such a way that the person won't know what you're saying. <clears throat> and so everything is in, in shadows and in euphemisms in, and, and, and they developed a whole lingo and they're getting away with it. And so they just continue to use it. So you see it now across the board with these financial disclosures. Uh, so what we've got is a situation that our American banks, our American venture capital companies have developed very clever ways of investing in China without on the surface, these financial disclosures actually showing that. But when you start looking at the officers, the directors, the super directors, the tier one, two, and three directors, I mean, they've got all kinds of interesting structures for their controls. 
for these companies, what you see is they are uh, intertwined with all of our banks, all of our bankers, all of our large, large multinational corporations. And it's such a conglomeration of these companies that you can't, whoa, you can't tell whether it's American or whether it's Chinese. Was that like a Star Wars thing that <laughs> yes. just happened? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. We happened to be seeing... Oh, wait. They just beamed up Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Why okay. is there a pile of dust over there where right. Betsy Keep was going. sitting? This is, this is so fascinating because this is how we envision the takedown happening is through the work that the Treasury and regulators can do from this legal kind of business structure angle. Yeah, in my opinion, this document should stop any business activity of Alibaba in the United States, anything within the reach of U.S. And law. legally, without any hassle, right. this could be done. Exactly. Can you kind of walk that blueprint out for the people that are helping Trump? Well, they just need to look at this disclosure and, and, and recognize all of this doublespeak that's in there about the risks involved with anybody investing in China and just basically tell American investors, um, you really can't be investing in this company and we're not going to publish them on this SEC website. Okay, you and Douglas were having a little chat last night um, while you were looking at these documents and it was fun because I was able to capture a video of you. So in what? The, you you filmed us? And so in the uh, production <laughs> notes below, there'll be a link to that video because then you can see the reaction of Michael is reading these different regulations and Douglas is responding and the two of them are talking about what this means. But basically, they're saying we want your money and we'll do what whatever the F we, we want. want. Exactly. <laughs> At every level. And so these accountants have meticulously described all the key levels and and I, I can't even we haven't counted yet how many levels they actually disclosed but what we see is a very convoluted structure of of financing subsidiary financing spin-offs mergers uh repurchasing of stock from previous mergers and in fact there's one company which is the main uh, social credit score platform called Ant Financial that was divested by, I need to point out, Alibaba was started in April of 1999. And if you recall the Americans for Innovation timeline, you re realize that 1999 was a critical time for uh, the globalist takedown of our business systems through uh, the CIA, Incutel, through the abolishment of Glass-Steagall, through the establishment of the um, White House uh, uh, Internet Commission that basically runs the intelligence uh, activities of our major agencies. Uh, and then we notice in there that Alibaba, Alibaba started with Jack Ma, out of the blue. And apparently, uh, you've read the story now, how he came up with the name. But anyway, uh, he... Uh, developed that and an early player in Alibaba was Yahoo. And Yahoo is a quite significant player in in deals in China. And from a programming standpoint, I always wondered that because what 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 Yahoo was up to because they developed a whole uh, method for programming on mobile computers as well. Uh, but it's never really taken off in the United States like Eclipse Foundation has with IBM. And now it's becoming very apparent that the reason for that is that Yahoo had to develop 
uh, a whole different mechanism for handling these large character sets of these languages like Chinese, which has what, something like 6,000 characters or Hebrew or these, these languages where they read from right to left and uh, they have these huge character sets. And so the, the way the languages have to be processed in search engines and uh, on screen is enough different that it appears that Yahoo has developed those for those cultures. And that's why Yahoo has never gone away. Uh, that's my opinion, that's my observation. But uh, Yahoo's quite involved. Yahoo was the second uh, largest investor at one point. So Ant Financial, they divested of Ant Financial, and then now they've brought Ant Financial back, and now Ant Financial has pretty much subsumed the Alibaba uh, operation and is running the social, social credit score system in China through another brand name called Alipay, which is essentially the same thing. And then you've got some potential, they, they, they always, what these guys do is they always create one or two or three companies. So it appears there's competition and choice, but in the end, underneath it, it's all the same bankers in each one of these plays. And so us citizens of the world have been continually scammed by this group of people that's attempting this world new world order. And as you pointed out earlier, Ant Financial, connected to SoftBank, is connected to Axion, right. which is Hillary Clinton, and I'm always calling them the um, crypto keys for the internet, and that's probably not accurate, but that's now in headquartered in Shanghai, in China. Which goes to explain her Mao Zedong pantsuit look all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Who wears it better? Yes, than uh, Hillary from China. Yes, or... President Kim. Well, I'm then, not sure. Well, then also, you know, and Trump has come out now. He's very forcefully saying to us, China is our enemy. Right. Yeah, I heard him say that over and over again. And I hadn't, our researchers had not spent any time on that until recently. Uh, but the 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 Alibaba uh, aspect of this really came out when it started becoming clear that Alibaba was kind of subsuming everything. And I think it was the persecution of the uh Uyghur peoples in northwestern China that really focused the attention on that. And then that's when Ant Financial came out and Alibaba and Alipay. And it became clear that this, uh, this uh, group of companies are really being used by the People's Republic of China to manage and organize this takeover like Google has been doing here. And when we say China, put a hyphen and then put Hillary and Bill. Right. Because they're the ones who made China. They're the ones who allowed China to come into the civilized world uh, way before they were ready because they're still not civilized. They still just kill whoever gets in their way. And now what you really see is... That's the lesson of history, by the way. Every totalitarian leader who maintained power did so by murdering his or her opposition, mostly his. Exactly. And uh, Stephen P. Crocker, who controlled ICANN, when we gave it up here in America and, and that was given out to someone who we don't know, that we saw that that was going to be the opening for whoever it was that was really controlling the direction of the Internet. And who do we find out is controlling it? Well, we had heard that the Federal Bridge Certification Authority is where we should look. And when we looked, that is what led you and the researchers, and us, of course, and our researchers, to find that, again, it was started in Canada, 
in, the, in other words, the British, the British Commonwealth. And then it came into America, took over the internet, taxed the internet, moved ICANN out of America, even though we created the internet as a really a DARPA, InQtel, Highland Forum project that got weaponized. And then where did it go? We were looking and looking because you were looking for the very criminals who had ripped off your trade secrets from Leader Technologies and the IBM uh, Eclipse Foundation, of course, always leaves the uh, the hottest trail for us to follow. And as we were looking, looking, it started pointing in the direction of China. Correct. Riding on a white horse with Hillary, riding into the Shanghai Economic District, and and now all the big deals seem to be coming through Shanghai to China. Well, here's what's going to happen: they're all going to simply crumble when Trump finishes stepping on China. Well, because is that's Hillary what he's doing. registered as a foreign agent? <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, with all the stuff that we can point to, obviously, why isn't she? Well, that's she a very good be. point. Good why point. She's on Walmart board. Why was she not always registered? Because the Emolument Act does not apply to Hillary, as we know. She was paid into the Clinton Foundation by a hundred and some foreign countries while she was Secretary of State. Look at Uranium One. Look at the payoff, $145 million. Look at the Joostra Clinton Sustainability Fund, Growth Sustainability Fund, which was another 200000 for the Uranium One deal. I mean, nobody looks in the direction of Hillary. Why? Because as you pointed out eventually that we understood, she can go in and change anything she wants in the FBI, CIA. doesn't matter. And now it looks like internationally because we don't even know who controls the ICANN. We now know who controls basically the tax on the internet, and now it's being indicated that China wanted to take over our 5G. China has already infiltrated us worse in cyber warfare than any other country, and 780,000 Hillary emails were sent to China with a courtesy copy because she was so in bed with the Chinese. It's so disturbing, but we laugh because Alibaba and the 40 Thieves, what, the, what they don't know on the Chinese Communist Committee board, the oligarchs who are becoming rich, is those other 20 thieves don't have any honor among thieves. Those are Americans. Those are globalists. Not really Americans. They're actually anti-Americans. They're globalists, but the ones we've named. And they are essentially going to do what to China what others like them did to Japan, Russia, and the USSR before them. And at that point, maybe we'll get to laugh because maybe we'll get to see that Hillary gets a little bit uh, coming back to her, a little bit of karma, what they call. No, but Hillary and all of these American companies that have run to China, they don't understand China absorbs its enemy. China is the Borg. She will be assimilated. That's absolutely right. Why? Because they're a collective. And this collective of the totalitarian communist party now thinks that they can jump into capitalism but here's the bottom line with alibaba are you going to buy into any chinese company whether it's underneath the auspices of an american company it doesn't matter but are you going to buy anything that's chinese when the communist party owns 51 percent controlling factor and Alibaba partnerships controls Alibaba and Soft Ant controls them and SoftBank controlled them and Hillary controlled Axion and you know by the way they say that uh, because of all these complications they may not be able to guarantee the the results and they may 
even have to change their financial projections based on what these other entities may give them in, at some future point. I mean, it's just a joke. This this whole disclosure is a joke because it's basically saying we can do whatever we want and we've told you. So if they do whatever they want and you try to sue them, they're going to say, well, look, we told you in the document that we were going to do this. Or we might do this. We may do this. And your federal government is telling you that so that you can just go on ahead and invest in Alibaba or right. perhaps a Chinese gold mine, though they don't have Chinese gold mines, or any other thing that they're trying to sell you, like plastic rice. How about fake gold bullion, fake silver bullion? We well, you know Alan Greenspan just came on radio yesterday and was talking about his new book. And he was asked about China and how China seems to be taking steps back from where it was during Deng Xiaoping's uh, era where everything was opening up. And he was actually saying he doesn't understand why China has taken this turn back to totalitarianism. And I think we have seen that because in 1999, they formed Alibaba and all these other uh, machinations. And then in 2004, in December, IBM sold its PC group to Lenovo in China. And so what we're seeing is the same cast of characters uh, and each of these scandals ha worked their, their, quote, magic in China to essentially attempt to take over China. And what I see happening is what happened in the Soviet Union, in that the Politburo became quite corrupt and would not allow Western companies to come into the Soviet Union unless they paid their tribute to the Politburo members. So they were all corrupted by the financing. And I think that's what's going on in China uh, starting in about 1999-2000 is John P. Breyer, the father of James W. Breyer, who ran the National Venture Capital Association as chairman and also was the chairman of Facebook and also was the chairman of Excel Partners. He went over there and no doubt was quietly developing these bribery relationships with the members of the emerging Politburo in China so that when it came time for them to make their move, move, they would own all these people. And so I think what we see clearly is that the Chinese government itself has been completely co-opted and corrupted and they are a part of this deal making that's gone on with all these globalists. And it appears that China was their uh, safe haven that if, if they got in trouble in the U.S., they were all going to move to China, which we now see happening as we speak. Uh, the, the Axiom Company out of Little Rock, Arkansas, moved to China, officially changed its name on October 1st. And they handle most of the big data that was given them during the Obama administration when they started these data palooza projects with um, uh, Park. Um, what's his first name? Uh, Todd Y. Park, and he, who was Obama's uh, chief technology officer. And so all of our data appears to have been taken to China. So China has that um, axe over our heads if they can use figure out ways to use that data to attack us as citizens in the U.S. And so what are they doing? You, you, you pointed this out the other, uh, about an hour ago, um, Betsy, that uh, Walgreens has now cut a deal with Boots, the big uh, 
pharmacy in England, and they're now they've now moved into China, and then China's making investments in the U.S. So this whole drug system uh, is going to be used as a major population control weapon. It's real obvious, and that's happening right now. Well, I think you just answered a question. We have been saying. Where is the new headquarters of the U.S. Digital Service that was set up by Obama and Eric Schmidt to manipulate the 2016 election that we thought then went into Obama's bunker house where um, his ex-chief of staff and Eric Holder are hunkered down fighting the war? But no, it went to Shanghai. It went with Hillary to Shanghai. Of course it did. We wanted to know where it went. Well, at least a version of it, at least one of the well, hubs. Well, sure, Axiom did. I mean, would, that, that's Axiom, the main one. by just simply the, the way that it's designed, would have been right. the, the hub now. And then, of course, we know China has infiltrated everything. I was just talking uh, with someone about the fact that China has put out all these ads in American papers that are fake articles bashing Trump. No, I hadn't heard that. That has just happened recently. No, it was in the Des Moines Register, or the Iowa paper. And previously and, it was in California, yes. in Tulare mm-hmm. County. And so what Trump has done, he's come out twice and said, this is meddling in the election. So at this point, he can now do what Obama did to the Russians. Remember? Obama said, shame on you. You meddled in the election. I'm going to put sanctions on you. And and then he said, they said, well, how, what, well, where was the meddling? And oh, there was 21 fishing attempts. And there was, uh, somebody said that something happened somewhere. And so I'm going to put huge sanctions on Russia that has basically caused Nord Stream 1 to be uh, turned off, except secretly through Angela Merkel in, in Germany, which has now controlled the you entire... You mean the oil pipeline going into Germany? Out of Russia, mm-hmm. into Germany, into northern Germany, yes. Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2, and that's basically controlling the oil. Well, that was a sanction that was put upon Russia because they Obama put sanctions on Russia, sending oil through the Ukraine as well as through Nord Stream 1. Over what? Over Russian meddling? Okay, so Trump can now put sanctions on China. <laughs> and if you want to do a trade deal and now you have sanctions on you and anyone who does business with you has sanctions on well, you, Well, what happens you're to Alibaba then? That's my point. Trump could take down Alibaba with the blink of an eye and anybody working out of the Shanghai uh, economic zone for China or independently. So what I'm suggesting is the same thing that happened with the collapse of USSR and Russia and many other countries that were basically George Soros color revolutions. That's what they're going to do to China, or what they would intend to do once they got their fingers into everything. But Trump isn't letting them. Remember, Trump went there, did a $850 billion worth of deals that none worked out. But right after that, guess who went there? Joe Biden went there with his son and got a billion dollar deal. And Jim Carrey went there with his son, Christopher. And the two of them, between each other, got a $2.5 billion deal through two different companies that they actually worked together on. So Trump couldn't get a deal with the Chinese, but immediately in the public, in the public limelight, they bragged about this after coming from Ukraine and getting a fantastic deal for Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, in Ukraine. So what's happening is China is being, they're attempting to gut it like they've done before, turn it into chaos, put in a central bank. That's not going to happen. China, 
has unfortunately stepped on its own toe also because in all the countries that they went out and bought rare earth minerals and bought massive mountains of copper and the things used in batteries, well, technology has gone on. We don't use that anymore. Rare earth minerals have been found in the ocean off of Japan, infinite supply. The rare earth minerals of North Korea, in, incidental now. So the fights that China has been doing, they're being left behind because the modern technological world, as they attempt to go into capitalism, shows that anyone who does deal with them, they try to muscle with totalitarian communist attitudes, all the countries now. But the problem is they're not self-sufficient. So if we actually put sanctions on them, they will collapse like Iran. They will collapse like Turkey recently did when we just, when Trump got mad at Turkey or any other country like North Korea that we put sanctions on. When we put sanctions on China, there'll be no more talk of tariffs. It will be equal across the board or nothing because China can't exist without us. And don't forget the 800-pound gorilla in the room and the big white elephant. That would be the 20 million Tibetans they've killed, who they're still killing, who they say Tibet is part of China, which it is not. No, wait, 20 million? Where, where did that statistic come from? From the Dalai Lama, to me personally, when I asked him. And then I looked into it, and yes. Uh, uh, 20,000 temples and, and uh, 20 million people killed. They claim 2 million. Some claim 8. It's more like 20. Still a lot of people. Yes, and then you look at Taiwan. Taiwan's next. Trump is. What does he say? Oh, don't worry, they'll change. Uh, China will want uh, a deal with us soon. Don't you know? Don't worry. Give them time. Give them time. Why? Every second that ticks away, Taiwanese business is pouring out of Taiwan and into America, which will collapse man, uh, high-tech manufacturing that China says comes from China, but it doesn't. It comes from Taiwan. So I have a question for you. It appears that our bankers, our venture capitalists, our large corporations have infiltrated the economics of China. And it looks to me that the Politburo in China has been, uh, is a part of it and has been bribed or coerced or whatever to, to approve all of these business deals. And that was one thing that was obvious in the Soviet Union is the only way you got a deal is to bribe everybody. So when you say that China will sit on them, how is that gonna happen? Because these, it looks like they are already in the pockets of these new world order globalist companies and organizations. When the USSR collapsed, its satellite nations became like oligarchs. When Russia, was collapsed again. Now we can see it with Putin being the head oligarch and the people who bought the national industries that were nationalized and then became privatized. The money that was given to them through U.S. banks caused huge, uh, well, caused these oligarchs to rise up and have these fantastic internal wars. Larry Summers was quite involved in all that in the Soviet Union. So you got Oleg Deripaska the aluminum giant of Russia, one aluminum giant. So you get these individual monopoly robber barons who are part of the inside uh, deals done with Goldman Sachs in most cases when they set up these deals for the future. So one guy owns, you know, the aluminum. Another guy owns like, uh, for instance, you take uh, Leonard, I was going to mention Leonard Blavatnik. Right. Hello. I mean, he's the greatest billionaire pulling in the, the money. Why? Because he's Putin's friend. So if you're part of the mafia oligarchy in Russia right now, then you're in like Flynn. If you're not, then you're hiding out 
in highly secure uh, apartments in the city of London or New York. Same with where Jack Ma's going to have to hide out soon. Uh, and any Chinese oligarch who has made a bunch of money has to hide because they will simply kill them and then absorb their money because they own 51%. You are working against the house. You're betting against the house. The house always wins in the long run. So what is going on over there, in my opinion? It's an attempt to do what has been done before, and now you have the Clintons leading it as the Bushes led it with the USSR and with Russia and other countries. The Clintons are doing it with China. They're trying to fleece China. And as Betsy pointed out, anybody who's ever tried to conquer China simply gets absorbed by them. But that's before Donald Trump. What Donald Trump has done is shown that he can squish them. They lied about trying to take over the currencies of the world with their 8,000 tons of magical gold that was fell from the sky in Shanghai, the Shanghai gold market. Anything out of Shanghai is crooked. It was proven it was all fake. Okay, this is who we're dealing with. So Trump has already squished them with currency manipulation, squished them with U.S. Uh, Treasury bond manipulation, squished them with, uh, uh, well, stock market through false companies, New York Stock Exchange, same thing with the commodities market, same thing with the, basically the tech market. They came in with uh, basically trying to con con buy and control all of our tech market. They did it with Hollywood. They've done it everywhere because why? The Clintons set them up to do 65% of our common uh, household manufacturing. And she got a piece of the pie for every single speck of it. Well, she's trying to continue to rip off China like the Queen and the Brits did early on. And they weren't successful either. So in the end, we hope that she's putting everything in her basket, all her eggs in her basket, taking them to Shanghai, and Trump simply steps on the Shanghai Economic District because it is basically illegal what they do there in so many fashions that we believe that China will go the way of Japan and they will become our vassal if we continue with the policies that Trump has started and if he gets elected again in the next four years, which I predict he will, and if people following the same MAGA agenda, which has taken us into the best economic success in U.S. history, and if people would step back and let him finish this war with China, with Iran, put Turkey in, in alignment, North Korea will come around, stop all this stuff that Obama did with all the bombing, stop the refugees. He's doing all of that. Stop the U.N. He's just short of accomplishing just about everything that he promised that he would do and the things that we made a list of him to do, which we didn't really know whether anyone could do, he's almost finished that too. Or at least he started on it so significantly that you can see that the dominoes are falling. So China, hang on to your hat because I don't think you're going to be around very long as a world power. Henry Kissinger's wrong. <laughs>